0: The guy at table seven said if he wanted it cremated, he wouldn't have asked for it rare. That is rare. Apparently not rare enough.
1: Any rarer to walk out of here and hail a cab?
0: Look, these are ad agency people. They spend a lot of money here. No tantrums tonight. Just fire another one. All right, one rare steak on the fly. Rare steak on the fly. Where's the lamb for six?
1: Has a quail. Great check.
0: Pick up. Cherie Capaccio. From so, the asshole on seven again, he wants to know whether you've ever seen a rare steak before. Rare enough for oh. you? Are
1: you out of your mind? Yeah, that's why I'm in therapy. I'm so sorry. i uh, uh, uh. I'll get you a new tablecloth. Oh, no, please. Let me take care of that.
0: (laughs) Not bad.
1: That felt so good. We are back once again. Another week, another podcast. We are recording to you. From Seattle, Washington Beautiful, yet rainy South Lake Union On the waterfall Studio 212 Part of the Soundcasting Network This is episode 97 97 Grill, how long on that steak, mister? 130 seconds Woo! Damn, that's damn Right on on time. I am one of the hosts of this podcast about uh, the wonderful life of a cook or a chef uh, in the ditches, Bobby Stills, next to me. It's quite the intro. (laughs) Yeah, right? Feeling good today, man. Feeling good. 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 You know? Johnny Tsunami. Johnny Tsunami. Right? Looking what's up with you today, man. Nothing. I'm just under the
0: weather today. Just under. I need to be under some covers. Poop. I, I might need to.
1: Do the poop. Uh, we do have super producer, Queef Boogie. In the house. The Keefster. Producer who's dropping what? Uh, some deucers. Some, a little. A couple. A couple. couple. couple like you should. <laughs> uh, the risotto kid. Always dropping them balls. <laughs> <laughs> Say, what's up, Keith? You ain't got no mic today? Yo! <laughs> he don't like being on he, mic no more. He doesn't, more. doesn't like being mic'd up. Hey, uh, yo, what's up? Uh, this is uh, <laughs> the Queeister. All right. Uh, yeah, like I said, this is episode ninety-seven. Uh, also, another good year of hip hop. We're getting into the good years of hip hop right now. Yeah, and Once... we're getting to the to the d- downside of hip hop as well. <laughs> downside. Yeah, Decline. we're going. We're going there. We're going there. Uh, so, today on the show, we're going to be talking about. Uh, Food policies, what's going on. Uh, We're going to be talking about uh, your boy, Jamie Oliver, Mm -hmm. who's also about them food policies over in the UK. Uh, And a couple uh, cool things going on. Well, not cool. Yeah, a couple cool things. But uh, first of all, Johnny, anything new at June, baby? Do you want me to say it now or you want to wait? Yeah, we can get into that. Let me go real quick. Okay. Uh, Jupiter, just getting there, loving it. Really good feedback on the food. I am trying to hire this kid who is a young twenty-three year old skater. Came through, got hooked up. Skater boy. Uh I don't know what his skill level's at, but it's like that perfect level of like, I got me a raw piece of clay and I can mold him I can into mold my him. minion. Right? And get him in the cooler and just push him in the corner. And I mean, no, not do that. That's, I'm just joking, guys. Oh, okay. But honestly, I mean, if if I tell him, like, (laughs) that's how the industry works, you know. He'll he'll, think, he'll believe that's how it works. Yeah, like, let's get on your skateboard. (laughs) (laughs) Creepy Robbie in the house. Creepy Robbie in the house. Uh, So I'm super excited about that. Uh, The other guy I got there, hopefully he's stepping it up. He's been, we'll see this week how he does. But uh, other than that. I'm super happy right now. I know I haven't been very happy lately talking about my work, but I am very happy. uh, Good, getting along with my friend who's also owner. Some of the managers, you know, I've just moved past trying to make them happy and just try to do my thing and realize, you know, I got to do my best and I can't worry about their best. Good,
0: good, good. good. uh, Johnny June Baba. June Baba. Well, first and foremost, we are finally featured on the new David Chang Uh David Chang has a new show out on Netflix called Ugly Delicious. I was told a couple days ago that it had popped up and I was like okay I have to check it out. But I didn't have time so I watched it yesterday and I guess episode 6, uh, the episode that talks about fried chicken is we're on it. So it's pretty awesome. Yes you are. Yeah, I did not see you. Uh, I'm I'm blurred out in the background. It's Whoa. okay. I was coming. You in were the for black
1: blob. <laughs> yeah, in the background.
0: I was coming in for a shift for the night shift, but they were filming during a uh, lunch service.
1: Yeah, and, and we've talked. It's funny because you never said anything. You never said anything on the show about it. You never told me anything about it. I mentioned that we had a, that David. we yeah, were filming, filming, but I didn't but know you, that it David was Chang that.
0: wasn't there. No, he didn't. He was supposed to show up and he never did. Busy man. Supposedly he went
1: to Solare. I didn't see him at Solari. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but, but yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, your chef was uh very well spoken. Yes. He was funny, articulate. I first time I've seen him with his braces off. Oh And he is shining. Shining Let me tell you something Shine bright like a diamond. <laughs> what the, what's that Chappelle joke about Puffy? They say you don't want to see a shine, but you sure look shining to me. So that's that's awesome. Oh man, that just cracked me up. And the, and the chicken, the chicken looked f- fire. Yeah, the chicken. What's really he good. serving under? What does that? What comes uh, on your
0: chicken set? It's different every week. Okay, so we do two sides and a biscuit every week. Biscuit boy, biscuits. Um, but it changes, and I think that time he was doing either Hoppin' Johns, which is like um, most. It's eaten most during New Year's Eve um, to bring in good faith or good um, luck for the new year. Then he was garnishing it with some stuff. I don't know what he was garnishing it with. I was I was kind of out of it that day, as usual.
1: Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah. It's, it's an excellent episode. If you want to see where Johnny uh, Johnny's restaurants that he works currently, uh, you can check out episode six of David Chang's Netflix original series called Ugly Delicious. Ugly delicious. That episode uh, itself is just like fire. super awesome. Well, I mean, I've only got to watch two episodes, too. Yeah. I watched the fried chicken, which is six, and I watched fried rice came on after oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which was awesome. The show, I will highly recommend the show. Um, I really enjoy David David Chang. You, on the other
0: hand. You know, and I was actually having this conversation with my lady the other day. Because she was just like, I thought you didn't like David Chang. And I'm like, you know, I'm starting to feel him a little bit more because I get his philosophy.
1: Well, the best, the funniest part about that that episode, there's two things. One, the beginning of the show when it opens up, it opens up with Eric Weidheimer from... Uh, and Aziz Ansari from Master of None, mm-hmm. but Eric Weinheimer is from originally from Tim and Eric show. Awesome, great job mm-hmm. on Adult swim, Adult swim, and he's a fucking weirdo. Yeah, I've seen these guys live. It's like it, it's a television show that basically makes you feel like you're on acid. Yeah, and not first, that I would know. I almost I've never turned it off at first because I didn't know. That's what I thought too. So the show opens up and it starts getting all weird. It has a laugh track. Yeah, it has a laugh track behind it, and he's making these weird faces, <laughs> and they're in Japan. So it opens up, and I automatically, I'm like. I'm gonna love this show about food and weirdness. Uh, but then he starts to switch it up. But the way it's, I don't know. I gotta find out who pro- like who produces the show. Let me see details on it. Yeah, it doesn't really say who produces it. Just well, it's p- his new venture after Peter Lucky Mee Pete. Meehan and David Chang. Yeah, and it looks like a. Uh, Ma- uh, live magazine yeah version of lucky peach uh, but it's it's an excellent excellent sh- watch I would say I, mean, I haven't watched all of them but uh, the first episodes about pizza second one's about tacos third is home cooking fourth is shrimp and crawfish uh, barbecues five Johnny's on six which is fried chicken and they cover the history of fried of chicken yeah what it means in other cultures uh, then they go into fried rice and they finish it out with stuffed which is uh they talk about stuffing foods and stuff like that. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, me and Johnny started talking about a couple other shows on Netflix right now about food. I think it's amazing that a lot of uh, people are getting into watching some of the outside the box mm-hmm. uh, food shows. Yeah, um, it's just kind of like what we do on our podcast. You know, we we just kind of narrow in on a certain type of thing, and that's back of the house life and w- our opinion from uh, a cooks or a line cook or a, a Mm sous-chef, demi-chef, junior-chef position, and kind of what it's like. It's not... Everybody in the kitchen industry is not your celebrity chef, your super fancy cooking chef. A lot of people have skills. They just... uh, Don't don't pay the bills. That's right. (laughs) They eat the pills. (laughs) So, no. Bars. Uh, So, yeah. Johnny... what, what do, you, what do you, what do you want to recommend to the people? Um, so
0: today I just went on a binge cause I was just like, I'm inspired and started watching. <laughs> I get that mood too. Yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I need to keep watching this.
0: Yeah. I was like, I texted my girls like, I need a new
1: chef knife. I need to get like, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I got a little too I into just it. just cleaned my knife for no reason. I don't use them at work. Oh. But I just cool. was like, you know, I just, I miss them. Got to look around. at them. Yeah.
0: Love them. But, uh, I recommend a couple shows and the first show. Is actually, it's a movie and it's called 42 Grams. And it's about the restaurant 42 Grams um, starting and going to get its Michelin stars. And it's just a documentary basically on this guy and how he started from an underground cooking scene in his house, making, you know, tasting menus for a few people like six or seven people um, to getting a brick and mortar and turning that into something amazing and getting Michelin stars. And it kind of shows the sacrifices you take. To get to the Michelin star guide and what you lose in the process of getting those stars. Your life. Yeah. And it's really interesting because it shows. Food
1: becomes your life.
0: It, yeah. It shows a true depiction of what being in this industry so what is like. about that like. sacrifice, man. Um, And not to everybody because, you know, there's people out there that do make it work. But if you want to achieve the level of status that this man achieved in his first year, um, you have to get rid of everything. When we talked about that on the pop-up series last yeah. week, you know, uh, there's no time for, even if you're
1: married, like you don't have time for your wife. or No, your it was, it your, was interesting. It was interesting. They compared that on the episode with, uh, one of the episodes of David Chang show with an actress. What is it? Kristen, um, I don't know. Whatever her name is. They were down in New Orleans. But they were comparing cooking to acting and talking about how you have to leave your family and you don't get to spend much time and I you're don't on, want to be you're truly on great. set all the so you're on set all the time or you're in the kitchen all the time. Mm-hmm. And then they talked about how when you first start cooking, you're a little shit. You don't know what the fuck's going on. You're getting your ass kicked, you're getting yelled at. And she talked about when you're acting, you know, you go in there, you flub your lines. You don't know your marks. You don't know you're supposed to be. You have a small trailer. You're intimidated by some of the veteran actors. But then by the time after you've been in there a couple of years, you've been doing it, you're dedicated to this, you know what to expect when you come on set. You know, it's going to be long hours and you can kind of improvise. Yeah. And you are the big dog. And in this kitchen, the chef, it's like you can afford to get your ass kicked. You can play around. You got time to, to you know, improvise on the fly. So it's just funny that the comparisons that go back and forth with I mean, when you're in jobs it, that yeah take, take up a, when you're in what I
0: would call those things are all the service industry. If you really look at it because you're providing a service for somebody, whether you're acting or cooking or driving or doing something, you're, you're sacrificing your own time to give it to somebody else. And once you start doing that, things start going by the wayside because you start seeing success. I'm not saying like you can, you're going to be the best taxi cab driver in the world because you give up your family life, but you know, these guys are out there trying to get Michelin stars and. They're all, all they can think about is the food. Um, And once you stop thinking about the food, or like he was saying, he was drinking too much and he couldn't focus, it really. You really got to like pick
1: and choose what you can and can't do. Speaking of your boy, your boy, Sean Brock was on that episode and he was looking a little, he looked little sad.
0: <laughs> he looked bad. It made me. And then actually on that point real quick, it made me like him a little bit less to see him, not to see him a mess like that, but to notice that his restaurant husk looks like a plantation house. The, come
1: on, man! You can't. That's that's fucked up. You ain't been there. You don't know what it looks like. I mean,
0: just I mean, by I the colors. The shot, I just I saw the shot from the outside, and it looks like it looks like old school plantation.
1: They still have plant, plantations are beautiful. I mean, they homes. are they are beautiful, but when you have you a, still have to,
0: but you still have to. But then you have it. a white guy cooking southern food, and then that's where it he's gets, from
1: the south. And
0: I understand that, but you also it's like. That's the whole. Did you watch that episode? Yes,
1: I, of course that's, I watched that. That's episode. the exact sort of situation that they're talking about. Well, to that point, exactly. Uh, I like the discussion that they had on cultural appropriation. Yeah, which was that we are an entire nation of cultural appropriation. We are a mix and a mush of everything in this world. We are the greatest mutts. To ever live on this planet.
0: And that's true. But I also think that there's a certain culture and a certain race that appropriates more than others because they don't (laughs) have a culture or a race. And if they do, they don't like it.
1: Yeah, I understand what you're saying. But if just like David Chang um, or Sean Brock, I'll use them as examples. As long as you know the history and you pay respect and you don't you don't steal, you make it your own. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, okay. Now, those white girls that went down to Mexico. South of the border in and California, make tacos. and they literally jack. They just went down there and watched these people, and took their recipes and took it back up to Portland, knowing nothing about the the history of the forced. culture. That's cultural appropriation. That is fine. That is. But forced. I think <laughs> on
0: the other side of that, there was the the scene where they're talking to the Nashville hot chicken lady, and she's they're talking yeah. about how the other restaurant is caters to caters to white people and is bigger and it's better. Th- and their
1: marketing strategy is better. it's now,
0: different. And she's like, she's like. It's totally okay, I understand it. She's like, those types of people want a place where they feel comfortable eating. And I think that's the reason why appropriation hurts, is because instead of going to the source and getting it from someone who has it in their family history of doing this, you go to somebody who learned about it for a couple of years or something like that because it makes you feel more comfortable because you don't like being around the people that come to
1: that establishment. Probably some little white kid that was uh, like a, Dish boy in her little restaurant.
0: Yeah, you know, and it and we wore mean, a
1: GoPro on his head. And that's why and
0: that's why it sucks because it just kind of makes it seem like I mean, we know this, but people are still afraid of black people
1: and people of other cultures. It's true. You fear what you don't know. Yeah. See, I know black people. I'm saying I hang into the Did hood. You,
0: are you like uh uh what's that show? Vanderpump Rules Lala. She she what? said she said that Tupac died and was reincarnated as her. <laughs> That's why she's so hood. I get a hood pass. You, <laughs> Whoa, Vicky. Oh, well, she is black. I'm saying, I'm saying.
1: <laughs> anyway.
0: <laughs>
1: girl, how long steak mister? Um, it's about 30 seconds out. I'm slicing. Because you know that I gotta represent this show because uh we got our first exclusive. Drop that bomb, queef. So I was reached out uh, to by a friend of the show. Okay. A uh, former guest. Okay. Their and name. I'll get to it. Okay. He has informed me that Restaurant Rue, we already knew that it was sold. hmm mm-hmm. But he is the new proud owner of Le Coin, I believe it is called. Uh, They will be doing a press release on Monday. This show will be out on Thursday. I would like to say congratulations to Jordan Melnikoff. What? What? Big Jordan. Uh, He was a guest on episode... I thought
0: he was opening a place up on...
1: (laughs) He is. Damn. That's another. Ambitious. That's another thing that we have to talk about on this show. Well, he's, uh, and he also is opening up a food truck with another partner. Oh, my God. So he is now, uh, they're starting a, like a restaurant group type company. Uh, the They passed a uh, couple of their permitting uh, for the food trucks. going to be called Squash Box. It's being built in Portland right now. Um, they have Commonwealth. And he'll be opening up LaCoyne in the old restaurant Rue establishment, and he says she'll be open up by mid-May. Okay, so August. We don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, he. I don't know. I just. I spoke to him earlier this week, and he's a friend of ours. So he said he'd give me the exclusive that, details. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm he's excited. the homie. I'm super proud of. Yeah. Uh, proud of him. I remember uh, when
0: he came on the show. He was just like. He was psyched on Commonwealth. Yeah, that's that's about wait. Commonwealth is a Spokane, not Spokane. the no Kwame Yes. Restaurant. Yes. So he's doing that, and then he. And then what's the place on Greenwood?
1: That's the difference. They they cop they chop that. Oh, For what I believe. Okay, I, don't, I didn't talk to him like that much into it. Well, um, I hope he comes back. If you're
0: listening, Jordan, come back into June, baby, because I know that your first experience wasn't uh, <laughs> the what best. you were
1: expecting. So I want, yeah. I want, I, I want another shot. Now, on speaking on the Commonwealth thing, which he just informed me of this. So Commonwealth is his, his. That's that is the place on Greenwood, I believe. Oh, okay, and. He has owned that name and he's been working on that restaurant for uh, over a year. And some other people that we might know in the Belltown neighborhood, former owners of Pincho, mm. had opened up their sister bar slash restaurant and named it Commonwealth. Oh. So you know that my boy had to go ahead and fire off that cease and desist letter (laughs) and had to shut him down. Now, I'm sorry. I love you, Corey and Amanda. I've known them a while. They're the owners of the fabulous establishment. But they uh, went ahead and had to change their name. (laughs) So... It is now known as Branchwater. Oh, they had that Von Trapp situation. <laughs> they having. had that Von Trapp. They had that big old mirror on their back wall. Oh, like on the outside, damn. not on the inside. Get and him, Jordan. T- I know. That's what I said. He said, you just gave me stealing other people's shit, homie. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Do you your did, research. Do your research, yeah.
0: He copyrighted. It was copyright, right? Oh, all day. Trademark, yeah. baby. Tradem-
1: Jordan ain't no dummy. Yeah. He looked like a big dummy. He <laughs> does. <laughs> love you. Um, but the fucking worst part about this is, which I was... Snickering uh, about it to Keith is that all the write-ups that the great, wonderful, excellent write-ups that Commonwealth got—oh, they were—they're all under Commonwealth. The Stranger write-up, the Tripadvisor write-up, the Seattle Met, Seattle Eater, um, Seattle Magazine, um, Seattle Times—all yeah, of them are under Commonwealth. But they're not named that, and now they're not changed unless they amend all that. These rest, these places, go uh these. Publications go back and edit them. When you search, it's going to be under Commonwealth. That's all shit for Jordan's restaurant now, too. Damn. So, yeah, I'm sorry, Corey and Amanda. Uh, Jordan, congratulations. Google is your homie. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what Keith was just telling me. I was telling I was speaking the truth about when a chef had told me when I was a little bit younger about what something is. And I would say, sorry, chef, I don't know. And they would look at me and be like, you got Google, don't you? And I'd be like, man, you're a bitch. How about you show me and or Point me in the right direction to a cookbook. Google's a shit, dude. But that's, a, Google that's what he was saying was like, psh, I'm like, yes, Chef, we. Let me see. How do you spell that? <laughs> All right. So, congratulations to, um, yeah, Jordan, Melnikoff. Word. I'm excited. On that Google note, the
0: best thing about Google is that you can look up when your chef says something, you can like go scurry off to a corner real quick and look it up. And then by plate up, you can be like, oh yeah, I know the whole history about this. And they're like, oh, that's
1: a smart ass dude. You're like, I literally just looked it up. Buster. Buster. <laughs> all right. So uh, we all know that President Trump sucks. I don't even why I call him president. Piece of shit is what I should call him. We are not political here. Uh, Johnny does support Trump. I do not support Trump. <laughs> I don't know where got that Keith info. is part of the green party. Fake news. The green party. You know. <laughs> <laughs> mine. By the way, Keith says he doesn't like Doug Benson. What the hell's up with that? Yeah, I do like Doug Benson. <laughs> he's not a very large. I invited him to go watch uh, the podcast live with me, uh, Doug Loves Movies. And he was like, hell no. <laughs> but he's down want to go see the Bodega Boys. Okay. You got, my, you got my ticket? Shit's lit. I'll probably be able to get us in. I bought tickets, but I think my homies will get us in. So there is a committee out there uh, called the Food Action Food Policy Action Committee, and they are a group of Washington senators and representatives from multiple different states, and they actually did their first annual State of the Plate. Um, this was at the end of January, and it was an inaugural report launched and briefing the and analyzing the first year of Trump's administration's impact on food policy. So they wanted to come in. This is their sixth year as an organization. Uh, they're continuing to grow, add more politicians to their organization. They wanted to go over some of the things that it are affecting uh you know, food policies. Mm -hmm. And I'll read you their mission real quick. So you can kind of understand what they do and kind of things they fight for. Their mission is to highlight the importance of food policy and promote policies that support healthy diets, reduce hunger at home and abroad, improve food, food access and affordability, uphold the rights and dignity of food and farm workers, increase transparency, improve public health, reduce the risks of foodborne illnesses, support local and regional food systems, protect and maintain sustainable fisheries. Treat farm animals humanely and reduce the environmental impact of farming and food production. The Food Policy Action Committee promotes positive policies through education and publications of food, national food policies scorecard. That sounds like something uh, I want to get a part of. Yeah, it's lit. Um, So the policies they kind of uh, they support are, you know, reducing hunger, all that bullshit. Um, They work closely with school lunch, right? Yeah, and well, that's, that's kind of some of the stuff we're going to go over right now. The kind, the things they're addressing right now and why they had this um, meeting in Washington was they wanted to talk about access to safe and healthy food. They mm-hmm. believe it's under attack. Uh, the new administration um, have, has lowered uh, school no- nutrition standards. They've removed important food safety protections, endangering nutrition assistance programs, and they have delayed... The progress on food labeling transparency. Now the thing that she they're speaking about is that, you know, Trump's out there saying he's done more in his with his administration in a year than anybody else has done. Actually what he's done is he's undone a lot of policies that were already in to place. To save money.
0: And that's the w- reason why it's like bad is because like
1: He's helping his friends out also no, too. No, exactly. Friends in like, the USDA, friends in the food and drug administration. Yeah.
0: And I'm like, you're cutting basic necessities so that you can have a buck. What and a, a bigot There ditch. has there has to be another way.
1: So they've been rolling back uh, the nutritional standards uh, in school breakfasts and lunch programs. They're adding more sodium, more sugar, less whole grains to kids' kids' lunches. Basically, they're feeding your kids Frosted Flakes for breakfast. Yeah, day. and we all have heard about how he's cutting, uh, you know, the SNAP program. Mm-hmm. So even so, the kids are it used to be that kids could go to school and they could at least get a, a well balanced meal. Now they're getting a shitty meal at school and meal. at home because <laughs> they're getting the shit cut. Um, the administration's also delaying uh, is delaying the requirement to update your nutritional facts on the back of your food products. They're trying to keep people in the dark about information uh, for the food that they need. Things like sugars, uh, sodiums, chemicals, dyes, uh, the serving recommendations. They're kind of lowering the standards. And on, the thing they're is not updating them because there's new things that come out every year that people are using to uh, make food in the laboratory or additives, and they're not updating their system to require companies to put that information on the back of a box.
0: Yeah. And the crazy thing is, is like, if you really want to think about it and break it down to its basic, most primal um, situation, if you remember the food you ate as a child in school, that's what they're being fed but worse True
1: <laughs> Yeah That shit was not Fuck man I think we we. I don't know if we talked about this on the show We but have But it's like no, school no, no. lunches are no, trash no, But not around the world though No exactly that Shit is fire <laughs> <laughs> Maybe get in, in Japan? They, Dude oh, Bento box <laughs> Finland? They got that fresh fish on deck you know what I'm saying? It's absurd. Kim- and we're feeding kimchi kimchi kids like. Hooves. Over in Korea? Yeah. Hooves. Yeah. <laughs> Ground up hooves on fucking sugary corn syrup fucking bread. bread. <laughs> All right. The next issue that they were talking about. Um, is healthier farming and fishing. Uh, decades of progress in sustainable farming, fishery management, and clean water protections are actually being unraveled. Of course we know this. We've read about this uh, in the news with the oil pipelines and uh, the farming industry being... Um, you know, being cracked down on the, uh, the administration has enacted sweeping measures to eliminate rules that protect human health and long-term vulnerability to our soil, our water, and our oceans. Uh, the EPA reversed a ban on dangerous pesticides that have lifelong effects on brain development in children, despite deep concerns from scientists and physicians. I just fucking read something the other day where they're talking about their, are spraying nerve gases on plants, on plants. Um, now that the, the scientists are saying that this is long-term long-term nerve damage but the um, fda is saying oh no they they, they rinse it off oh, okay <laughs> it's, it's the kind of shit they use in chemical warfare yeah nerve toxins so they're that's using crazy. on and why are they using that probably cuz it's cheaper Interesting. Uh, The United States Department of Agriculture, aka the USDA, withdrew a proposed rule to improve standards for humane protection of organic eggs, despite protests from organic producers and consumers that withdraw that the withdrawal severely weakens the integrity of its organic program. So people want their organic eggs. I do. We're in Seattle. I know. I want organic eggs. Yeah, man, should taste better. The, sh- the shells are better. Yeah, like, yeah. You know when you pick up an egg you and see, it a healthy, cracks it in your hand? Yeah, like- <laughs> a little healthy. And also, the presidential's executive order directed at the EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers to repeal pollution prevention rule exposing upstream water sources and toxic contaminants that flow into larger bodies of water and sources of our drinking water. This just sounds like fake news. There's like, like, how does somebody actually say that that's okay? Well, also, uh, they said the onion's going out of business because they can't, the stories that they're making up aren't as good as the actually real ones so they don't have jobs anymore. <laughs> this is some bullshit. Uh, lastly, um, they wanted to address uh, fairness and competition. The standards for workers' rights and fair competition for farmers have also been weakened. Farmers uh, and food workers that rely on a level playing field and safe working conditions, uh, diverse opportunities to uh, survive and become better, uh, the, this administration has scorned these basic rights for farmers and ignored the vital role that food and farm work work plays into our economy. Uh, Gone is the days of the homely farmer, all factory and large corporations running these farms. Uh, The USDA actually sided with the largest meatpacking companies and they don't really want to fuck with the smaller producers. Uh, They withdrew rules to enforce fair competition by eliminating the agencies and policies that are deceptive and anti-competitive practices. Yeah, it's, they're creating monopoly. monopoly yeah. for the meat industry. Uh, we already talked about how the FDA uh, loosened regulations about bringing in foreign meat, not labeling it. Mm-hmm. So now we don't even know where our meat's coming from. And I think that's why these l- rules have been loosened is so that um, so the, corpora- the, the corporations in America are on a better playing field with the major corporations outside of the United States. Mm-hmm. So gone are the days of the small farmer. I, I, I would much rather work with a lo- small local farm.
0: I mean- Eventually what it's going to come down to is people – is the true chef will shine because they will use local farmers and they and they won't go to that, you know, um, manufactured style. But there's going to be places that still use it like McDonald's and all those other places. They're still going to like, you know –
1: yeah. Uh, flash rose the nuggets. We all have heard about the immigration crackdowns, about the raids with ICE. We talked about it on the show. It's created super, super big amounts of, of fear and uncertainty. Uh, People amongst, aren't showing up to work. Yeah. And so even those... Yeah, they're not coming into to the, the smaller farmers that they work for because they know the corporations can protect them, but the smaller farms, they don't have the legal No? Uh, they ain't got capacity. no lawyer. No, not at all. <laughs> the EPA is also delaying the implementation of a new rule that includes worker protections from pesticides and exposures. So the workers, not only do they get paid shitty, fear of being deported. They can die. They're exposed to... Toxic chemicals and pesticides. Damn. That's some fucked up shit, man. So what can you guys do? Call your local representative. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Of course, yeah. Most definitely. Call your local representatives and bitch to them. Uh, They got some Republicans and some Democrats on here. It mostly seems like a shit ton of Republicans, which is weird to me. But, yeah. Yeah. You can uh, hit them up at foodpolicyaction.org. They have a Facebook page and a Twitter. Uh, check them out. Uh, tons and tons of representatives on here. But uh, I know that, like, I'm not worried about when I, that living in Washington, uh, the state of Washington. Mm-hmm. I know that our government does a lot for us and protects us. By the way, did you see our governor flaming uh, uh, Trump? Foo Keith. This motherfucker's talking about gun policy, oh. which we're not even getting to that whole gun policy real food show. But he said, our governor here in the great state of Washington stands up, is talking to the president and goes, uh, I've spoken with everybody. I've spoken with teachers. I've spoken to teachers, and they don't want to worry about packing heat. And he said, maybe a little less time on Twitter and a little bit more, more listening To what the people of America say. Bars. Yeah, he was not. He got flamed. Pew, 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 he pew. He got hit. Uh, yeah, so policy change can happen. Um, I want to move on to somebody who was detrimental in some policy changes over in the UK. So it happens everywhere. Uh, your boy, Jamie Oliver, who I really, really like. Apparently, his he needs to spend a little bit more time in his restaurant mm-hmm. and a little bit less time at the government what do they call the government in uh, England? City. Oh, uh, Parliament. Parliament. <laughs> parliament funkadelic That's right. They were wearing the wigs and shit up in there. Here, yo, I watched that shit on TV. They be flaming each other in session. <laughs> like, they were like, you wouldn't know the back of a horse's ass from your mother's face. It's true. Yeah. Bar, bars back then. I don't know. Uh, Johnny, what do you got to say about Mr. Jamie Oliver? Uh, well, James Oliver...
0: As you well know,n he um, he was known as the naked chef back in 1999. Well, I was I never knew that? I never knew that either. I guess that was some show that was popping up. That's when food shows were like just starting to come into. Oh, well, in
1: in England, yeah. They, they, Gordon Ramsay's been around forever. He's a god over there, god, celestial being. Yeah. I just watched Guardians of the Galaxy too. Um, <laughs> the first time you seen it, yeah,
0: it was lit. But yeah, so he, so Jamie Oliver is pretty much a bigwig. He's been in the industry front and center I like spotlight, this dude. yeah, for about twenty years now. He looks um, so young too. Yeah, he's baby face, baby face killer. He is going through some issues right now. His his pasta franchise, uh, Jamie's Italian. I didn't even know that he had like 250 stores or whatever something like that. It's going under. They're like what 72 71 million dollars in debt due to loans and um, owing purveyors or some shit like that? 71.5
1: million It's
0: crazy. so they're they're starting to chop down. they're they're estimated to lose about 450 jobs um, across the, the the
1: company. It's crazy. Yeah, so he's gonna be closing like 12 restaurants. 12 restaurants, yeah. Who the fuck has that many restaurants? Jamie Oliver. Is is it, are they franchised? Like, I mean, they're they're chains, right? Yeah, they're chain. Jesus Christ. Bobby's Burger World is not fucking that great because he's got like 10 of them. This (laughs) motherfucker's over here saying he's starting to, he's liking Bobby Flay's food lately. What? I I, I don't think Bobby Flay gets, he gets a lot of shit. But, like, when you look at what he does, he's just a competitor. let fucking beat people's eyes. That's true. Jamie Oliver's ble- apparently blaming this uh, this issue with Brexit. He said, as every restaurant owner knows, this is a tough market. And post-Brexit, the pressures and unknowns have made it even harder. Exponential. Well, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I'm sure he's going to be fine. Yeah, he's going to be fine. He's worth like $200 million. (sighs) Yeah, he's He's going to be fine. It's all the little guys.
0: Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, and, and that's the, the nature of the beast. I don't really know much about UK food policy or, you know, really what goes on over there. But it's it happens all across the all across the world. Don't think that America is the only person to be hit with. You know,
1: no. Uh, England's having their own problems. Their economic climate is uh, right now failing. Uh, Dude, I just look,
0: happening. I just uh, looked up the British pound to an American dollar. It went down by like yeah. a lot. Yeah. I was like, wait, you could make almost the same amount of money in America that you could over there.
1: No, nah, they're still above us, but barely. Yeah. That's sad to hear because he is, uh, he was on the forefront of, uh, education and health when it comes to food. Yeah. And he was, and ser- he, I mean, he's still going to be doing that. I'm sure. Yeah. But he, he was giving better food to the masses. Yeah. Um, he He had certain policies in place within his own company that he liked he enforced uh, throughout all his restaurants and uh, well you those those rules and, and,
0: and guidelines aren't gonna go down the drain and you don't know what's gonna happen in the future because this is probably gonna be a situation that's cleared up real quick because 47 million dollars when you think about it when you're at when you're like a get guy some with that much brand, It's it's gonna be knocked out in no time like you know you know you know chefs that
1: are a hundred you know they're deep. In deep, the deep, deep. deep, deep, deep. Always, yeah. most restaurants are in debt for almost five years. Yeah, you know, they, by the time they sell their restaurant, they're just now getting back in black. Yeah, and then they open up another one and go <laughs> right back in <into> debt.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, that's going to bring us to the end of episode nine seven. We are foregoing our ingredient of in the week. If we were going to do a ingredient of the week, what would we do? You know, I'm not entirely sure. Maybe chicken. I've just been inspired. I made fried chicken for dinner last night. We can do hot chicken. Ooh. This fried do- chicken was lit. Yeah. I've been thinking about making a hot chicken sandwich at my work because of your of that show. Right? And I'm just like, ooh, what fucking spices do I want to use? It's about how that dry hot, rub. How, it's about that dry rub. We do that dry rub. Stop. <laughs> we can't talk like that. <laughs> All right. I would like to thank uh, Keith for being here. Johnny, love you to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, like, I like the comment about your own child on... Uh, facebook what this is captain big head or something like oh, that senior big, head. Senior, <laughs> senior big head uh social media is
0: johnny uh johnny toonami for uh great baby pics a little bit of food
1: and more baby pics <laughs> i'll be at bobby stills on instagram uh you can see us uh on social medias uh, on facebook at grow how long sake mister instagram at at Grow Steak Mister. Twitter. At Long Steak Mister. Uh, how
0: long steak mister.
1: Uh, on SoundCloud, you can find us on Grow how Long Steak Mister. iTunes, Grow how Long Steak Mister. Uh, you want to see our webpage for the company that hosts our podcast? It's going to be www.soundcastingnetwork.com. And uh, yeah. Check out all the other shows on Soundcasting Network. We got a lot of other cool shows. And that's Mr. MR. That's right. Mr. MR. You got any questions, uh, show topics, or feedback for us, uh, you can email us at BraHalongstick Mr. MR at gmail.com. <laughs> there you go, Keith. You got it in Mr. Mr seven episodes <laughs> <laughs> alright guys thanks for listening we appreciate it rate and review on iTunes so leave us a comment on SoundCloud uh, cause I think we're gonna be changing hosts so peace peace grill how long steak mister
0: five minutes out eat a dick bitch